For this segment of Tech Talk with Johnson College, Dr. Katie Leonard hosts Jim Wanzak, Executive Director of the Scranton-Lackawanna Human Development Agency, where they discuss area partnerships that have produced life-changing results for our community residents and the beautiful balance of a win-win-win situation. It's hard to believe, but the month in which we recorded this podcast episode marks one year since the start of the pandemic. We've learned a lot over this past year, how quickly we can adapt, how innovative we can be, and how much we all really need each other. While much of my energy has been focused on Johnson College, there are other organizations that I'm fortunate to serve in a volunteer capacity to which I've also focused on over this past year. Giving back to the community in which I live is incredibly important to me, and I volunteer my time in a number of ways. Currently, I serve as board chair for the nonprofit NeighborWorks of Northeastern Pennsylvania, a position I'm honored to fill. I'm also a board member for Outreach Community Resources, another wonderful nonprofit, and I serve as trustee for my undergraduate alma mater, York College of Pennsylvania. I do not mind giving up my time, talent, and treasure to these organizations because I believe in their missions and the individuals they serve. For me, serving as a volunteer helps me get to know my community better. It reinforces my sense of empathy and how to empower people as opposed to enabling them. I'm inspired every day by the people I'm so fortunate to help serve, so it makes me feel good too. I then carry that good feeling into all that I do, and I hope I pay it forward in some small way. Volunteering doesn't have to mean serving on a board or a committee for an organization. It could be as simple as volunteering a few times a year to clean up your neighborhood with your neighbors or tutoring someone for an hour each week. Volunteering can be done in a variety of ways and focus on activities you enjoy doing. Pick a cause you appreciate, and I guarantee there are a number of nonprofit organizations for which you can share your time, talent, and or treasure. Lending a helping hand benefits so many, the organization, the people it serves, and the community. It is one of those rare win-win-win situations, and that is a wonderful thing to embrace. Here at Johnson College, we hosted a turkey dinner giveaway at the very end of February. We partnered with our neighbors, Toyota of Scranton and ShopRite, and worked together to cook, assemble, and distribute 250 meals. I'm so proud of our student and employee volunteers. It was wonderful to work together to bring such an impactful event to our community. Even in the rain, we had fun and we helped others. I believe we all left feeling really good. So you probably know what is coming by now. That's right, I have another challenge for you. Think about a cause you're passionate about. Go ahead, jot it down. Then look for local nonprofits whose missions relate to your passion. Then go ahead and commit to volunteering for that organization just one time this year. Maybe you're a skilled fundraiser, but don't, but don't get to do it during your day job. Well, guess what? There's plenty of ways in which you can share your knowledge with nonprofits. Go ahead and offer your skills up for free to a nonprofit whose mission you care about. I guarantee your actions will have a positive effect on so many. My guest this month will share some ways in which you can get involved in our local community. My guest is Mr. Jim Wanzak, Executive Director of the Scranton-Lackawanna Human Development Agency, or SLHDA. 
Jim and I discuss SLHDA and its role in the community, what he values in our community, and how our two organizations have partnered to benefit our neighbors. I hope you enjoy, I hope you learn something, and please, over the next several months, think about putting your passion into action through volunteering. It'll benefit so many, including you. Thank you for listening. Well, I'm very excited to be here today. I have another awesome guest. Mr. Jim Wanzak is with me today. He's the executive director of the Scranton Lackawanna Human Development Agency. Welcome, Jim. Thanks so much for being here. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, very, very excited. So just to kind of start off, I know you have a very um, great history, you know, you're in your, your personal history. So kind of just tell us a little bit about yourself. What led you from a family business to the private sector and now to SLHDA. Well, you know, gr- growing up in a in a family business, you, you are exposed to a lot of different things. Um, you have to do whatever it takes to get the job done, and I think those skills are transferable um, anytime that you talk to anybody in any career. So no matter what needed to be done, you had to problem solve, you had to figure it out, and you mm-hmm. had to go get it get it done. So. Uh, that, that led me into um, a career in the public service where I was uh, elected state legislator for, for 10 years and then became a, a county commissioner for, for four years and went down in the consulting path and then also uh, became uh, went into Scranton Lackawanna Human Development Agency where I can help people again a, a little bit more than the, the, the private sector and it always makes you feel good. That's the one thing about public service and owning your own business is you, you develop a you develop a sense to where you, you, you miss helping people. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's what I really love about the our community action agency now and, and being that executive director is you get to see firsthand how you're impacting families. Yeah. And that's why we appreciate working with Johnson College and, and seeing how not only can we help and partner and work with the the students um, here, but also the difference that it makes with the projects are done in the lives of the people we're trying to help. Yeah, and it sounds like you had a lot of transferable skills from when you were in your family business to, you know, running for office and then being an, an elected official and now to your role. So how do you see that? It sounds like it was like a lot of like troubleshooting, which is something like we really teach our students here too, to, you know, make sure you're looking at things from, you know, different perspectives and kind of drawing on your experience, no matter how different um, it has been to try to solve problems. So would you say that that's something that you learned? Well, the troubleshooting is the biggest thing. As you, as anybody knows in any profession, as you move up, the more troubles, the more fires that you have to put out. <laughs> and uh, when you're an elected official or you're an executive, it seems like that's the majority of your time is just putting out fires and, and game planning and thinking about how to grow, how to strategically look at things. To, to do your SWAN analysis, to, to do your financials. And I think in, in anybody that's ran a small business, they're exposed to all of that. Mm-hmm. And then when you're in public office, you're exposed to it in a much larger scale. So uh, I think those skills that I've learned since I've been a, a young man growing up in a family business really helped me advance 
That's great. Um, so tell us a little bit about SLHDA. I bet, you know, sometimes when I, I know, I remember when I first heard the initials, I thought it was a housing authority. Mm-hmm. <laughs> being, being from York, I was on the redevelopment authority. Mm-hmm. So I thought everything had, a, had to do with, with housing. Um, but tell us a little bit like, you know, I know I said what it stands for, but if you want to go into a little more details, what is it? How has it evolved over the years? I know there's some exciting things going on. Uh, so SLHDA, we, we've been in about 55 years uh, helping people. We are community action agency. So we deal with a lot of federal and state programs. We cover parts of five counties, with the majority of it being in Lackawanna County. So programs that we run um, change all the time because it really depends on what the community needs are. So we're always doing community assessments, community needs to see, see how things change, and that's the beauty of our organization. But programs that we've been running for a long time is our early learning program. Early learning program can consist of Head Start, Early Head Start, um, Pre-K Counts. So it's, it's dealing with those children from zero to five years old. It's our weatherization program where we go out and we help uh, people um, insulate their houses, uh, fix them up to make them more energy efficient so where they can reduce the bills, which they can have more money then for, for their other needs that, to help them going, going forward. We have um, our workforce initiative. We have veterans resources. We have our food initiative. We, we're also stepped into a need just over to uh, last year is helping people with get fingerprinting and clearances, mm. and that is something how I talked about how we're always changing because it seemed like there was a couple of people, but nobody was filling that need, mm-hmm. and we see somebody every ten minutes uh, into that program. So it is it, it is a a great way to tie in what we're doing with workforce because people can't get hired if they can't get the clearances. So we're able to help people come in and, and set up a location where people can walk into the Steam Tom Mall and get their fingerprinting. They have to go on site, on site with Identico to register. Then they come right in here and we can help them with their clearances, with their TSA backgrounds and, and go from there. That's great. Thanks for sharing that because that's something I didn't even know that you all were doing. So that's that's wonderful. And I really like that aspect of that as sort of the community evolves. Mm-hmm. You're evolving as well. Um, you know, I feel like we've done the same thing here at Johnson College with our programs. I think, you know, sometimes people think, you know, we're old school, we stay the same, but every single one of our programs has a program advisory committee. We listen to them. We, we it's a, they're our community. So I feel like there's, there's a lot of similar Similarities there, um, but in your time with SLHD, what do you consider your greatest success? Or well, are there like individual success stories you can share of, well, of people? Really, what I I think it's looking at our program and deciding where we want to be in the future. And so we are in the process now of uh, you know remodeling a a old hundred year old. Uh, building that we are, are purchasing off of the Diocese of Scranton. And it'll be a pre-K center that can hold up towards the 180 children between zero and wow. five. And as you know, anytime you get into an old building, there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, things that you don't see um, once you knock down a wall or do something else mm-hmm. that, that comes in. But to, to see that vision to help raise the money to, to get it to that, that point of where we want to be and knowing that we don't have to do it all in year one, but we can do it over uh, a time frame that, that we feel comfortable with and still allow us to focus on the other services. And, and those services, you know, from weatherization to growing them to looking at outreach programs that can help that. So one of the things that we're able to see is that we're going out and auditing people's houses 
and seeing that 70% of the houses were being deferred. So in deferred meaning we could not weatherize them because there was a pre-existing condition in the house. So I was able to work um, with, the, with the state and other community action agencies and we developed a pilot program uh, that now we, we have money to go out there and help fix these deferral issues and get people to weatherization services um, that they will need uh, to help, obviously, to make them live more comfortably and reduce their energy costs. So very excited about that and how that synergy and how that has expanded even to other our other programs that we're partnering with people. And to get into our new housing program that we just have, have been in, in the last uh, couple of years, it's it's something that the agency originally wanted to do probably 30 years ago and just never, never got off the ground. And it was something that I took over and decided that, it, you know, let, let's focus on that because there is such a need for affordable housing in our area. We estimated that there's a need for 1,400 additional homes um, just in Lackawanna County alone. And even with all the organizations that are committed to that, nobody can touch that. If everybody maxes out, we won't touch it for another 40 years. So it's exciting that we go out there and we look for partnerships and we look for collaboration. Uh, we all work together as community agencies from, from the nonprofits to, to, to people like yourselves with Johnson College. How can we do this in the most efficient, effective way to everybody can benefit and provide a service that is much needed? Mm -hmm. that, that's great. And I know you mentioned earlier about that, that needs assessment. It sounds like that's an important piece of what you do and, and how you operate. Could you just go into that in a little more detail? I know I was involved um, through our health system in York uh, Wellspan Health. It was a kind of a an arm of it, a nonprofit called the Healthy York County Coalition. So, and we did a similar sort of health assessment, and then sort of deployed community health workers to go out into the community. Um, but it was really, it really came up from the community to determine what was needed and where the focus was going to be for those community health workers. So, it sounds like it, it's a like a little similar, but but maybe different. So, would you mind? Sharing a little more about that. So we do it every year, but we do a comprehensive okay. one two years and a, and a very large one uh, every five okay. years. That's great. So it, it, and you never know. You go in there, think you might yes. go in there <laughs> and looking at our own data and seeing what we're saying, but you never know what's going to come out of yes. that. And it's funny because one of the things that we've noticed just over the that that year thing is how you talked about the the name SLHDA. What does that mean? Right. Well. <laughs> We found that out during a, a community assessment and through through varying polling that people don't know what SLHDA <laughs> is, right? And they think we're either a government agency with the county or with the, the city, not realizing that we're part of five counties. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we're in the process now is rebranding. And we're going to be changing our, our name, doing, you know, to to then rebrand the agency and put it out there exactly what we're, tr we're trying to do. But... You never know what you're going to find until you, you start asking the right questions and going forward. And I think that's a very important part of any nonprofit or any even business, too, is to look at is what does the community think of your agency? How do they relate to it? And then what can you do to provide more services mm -hmm. to, to benefit the community? I always say it's interesting what, we, you know, what sometimes we sit around like a table and we scratch our heads. It's like, well, what do the students need? Or what do the students want? Or what do, you know, what does the community need or want? It's like, well, just ask them. They'll tell you. <laughs> and they do. And like you said, it's oftentimes if you jot down the three to five 
themes that you think is going to rise up out of the survey and then what actually comes up there might be some crossover but as you said sometimes there's there's some surprises in there as well um so that's it's so great to hear that you do that i think it's like you said so important um how do people get involved is this are there opportunities to to volunteer with slhda i'm sure i mean we we uh we encourage volunteerism we, we encourage people to to come in and try to, to better himself. So our agency really is about self-sufficiency. It's about trying to help people become self-sufficient. And so anytime we can get volunteers that have a specific skill set or even volunteers of our families of kids that, that want to learn and want to go in, I mean, we're there to, to try to help. And the more people we can surround our families with that we're helping with uh, volunteers that can teach them something, it's a learning experience to help people get there. because. People that are living in poverty, they're not choosing to live in, in poverty. And that was one of the things I think that opened up your eyes is when you look at your internal data and you look at what's going, how these families are being impacted, you'd be surprised at the number of families that, that we would serve that have an associate's degree or higher and are still struggling because of something that may have happened that, that put them, um, you know, just behind, I guess, the behind because of a life altering event that and so we're here to try to help to provide those skills to, to get them to get them back and the more people we can collaborate with the more people that we can work with uh, helps achieve that mission that's going to benefit all of our society mm-hmm. and how do people typically find out about the services you provide well, uh, is it referrals is it it's it's a no. lot of uh, re- referrals um people can go to our website but it's it's mostly families talking to families um okay. reaching out one of the things that we, we want to do with our rebranding is to advertise more and that that is part of our whole new marketing program that's going to be going out however we're, we're not quite there ready to go uh, with covid we did get pushed back uh, probably about four months on that, but sure. we're feeling more and more comfortable as we move forward. But the, what we've realized as a committee that, that's doing this is it's more important to take your time and do it right than to just push ahead with that. Yeah, that's great. Um, so you mentioned earlier about, you know, you're a b- big believer in partnerships. I am too. And one of the first things I think, you know, we did when you were in this role and I was in, I became president and CEO, we talked about ways in which we could partner. So could you share a little bit about um, what we've done, you know, together in the unique partnership that's been created? Well, well, I can tell you, we would never have been able to start our housing program without Johnson College. And, and I And I mean that because... Um, to do affordable housing is expensive. And to be able to partner with a, an organization such as yourself that can bring in bring in uh, young men and women that can we can provide the live lab and you can develop the skills and we can all work with one another to, to teach them the skills that they're going to need out there in the real world is, is a great thing. And, and that's something that you know, we've been excited about uh, our, our properties that we've we've done together have turned out beautiful. Um, people walk in and immediately they want to rent them. And, and we provide them to people that really do need them at an affordable price. And so it's, it's exciting. Um, and it's exciting to know that your students are getting a skill, right? Of learning the real world, right? Because a lot yes. of times, if you can remember when we were in college, it was like, well, what am I really, when you get that internship or you do those hands-on live, you learn so much from a mistake even yes. than, than as much as you do from something that you just read in a book. And, and I think that's, that's where I'm excited about is 
knowing that you're producing students that are needed out in that community right now. And when you talk to general contractors, you talk, there is a need for qualified students for the services that you're providing. And if we can help get people in there to where they can use our houses as, as live classrooms to help build that, and at the same time, you 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 benefit as the college. The students benefit because they're getting time, and then our mm -hmm. families ultimately benefit because we're able to provide affordable housing. is a win win for everybody. Yeah, I was gonna say the the ripple effects that that has, and I think students are. This is the I, I would say the experience that students talk about the most. Not just you know the opportunity we have with SLHDA, but any any one of our live labs or this experiential learning whenever i walk around i talk to students i ask them how their semester is going almost even without me asking they bring up like one of the live labs that they've been involved with so we really appreciate um like you said they're they're getting everything and not just the, like being able to put their you know those technical skills that they're learning to good use but some of those soft skills that we're teaching too because like you said they're learning how you know to deal with like a boss and how to show up on time even and how to critically think and look at a problem if something goes wrong, which as we know, <laughs> like things go wrong. Mm -hmm. um, so it's sort of like just helping to to create the most well-rounded student that we could possibly put out there. And they're and they're so proud. It's you know neighbors helping neighbors. You know many of them our students come from this area. They want to give back, and there's a lot of pride when they drive up and down you know Main Ave and they're able to like say to their friends and family like look at that house. Like I helped build that for for somebody i created a, a home <laughs> for somebody and, and you'll never forget that right and, and that's something that you know they, they can tell their children about or their, their grandchildren and it's it's exciting i think because it's you you know you were a part of giving something back and I, right. I think the majority of people are, are very excited when they can do that yeah and then I think that goes to the sort of like the bigger, like I said, ripple effect that it has on the entire region. Um, I'm not from this area originally, but it's, you know, sort of my, my adopted home. And I think there's so many great attributes that, you know, people oftentimes take for granted around here. And you've seen, you've been in, you know, again, so many different roles. You've seen the best and the worst of this area. But from your perspective, what do you believe like the area's best attributes are? Uh, it's people. You know, there's no <laughs> doubt about that. Anytime you, you talk to anybody, um, it's that connection. It, it really, it's it's like a two-degree separation here, yes. I, I like to say. It's <laughs> no matter who you know, eventually you know someone that knows someone that you're going to know that, that person. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, even though we could be a tough area and we're critical of ourselves, mm -hmm. um, and I'll never forget that there was a study done years ago and it was through the the chamber of commerce that said one of our biggest strengths are people one of our biggest weaknesses is our people was because we talked so negatively about our area so yes. many people do and and but yet do so many great things and there's a reason why people move out but there's also a reason why so many people want to come back mm -hmm. is because they want to be around their families they want to have that that quality of life um and the, the people that you have met coming here in and the people that I've met that, that aren't from this area that have moved here now, they love it and they talk about it because you don't find what we have here everywhere else. You're right. And and there's something to be said about that. Yes, is there places with nicer weather? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm sure. You know, in some of these cold winters, everybody thinks about uh, that, that nicer, nicer weather. But we do have we do have a great place, a great community that people have a hard work ethic. And yes. And and they're giving. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Right? And, and I think that that's the most important part about that. Yes, we are tough on ourselves, but we also expect more. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something from our blue collar roots that we've had here is that we expect more. We expect people to push. And I, I don't mm-hmm. think that's a bad thing. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's funny, being from New York, everyone always would joke growing up that, you know, Times Square was like the, the center of the universe. And I, But then when I moved here, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Scranton mm-hmm. is like the crossroads uh, in the center of the universe. Because to your point, everybody, everybody knows somebody from Scranton. It seems like whenever I travel, um, everybody either has a office story mm-hmm. or they have, like you said, I know so-and-so who knows so-and-so who was from Scranton. And now, of course, with, you know, President Biden in office, I feel like everybody is definitely, like you said, less than two degrees <laughs> separated um, from somebody uh, in in Scranton. And and you, you bring up another good point, too, about how sometimes we're tougher on ourselves. That was something I learned very quickly when I moved up here. Even like being here from John, like being starting here at Johnson College, even though I've only been president for three years, I've been here over 13. And I remember, you know, talking with some of our alumni and even students and faculty and staff at the time. And like you said, they were almost sort of like, well, you know, they're just very humble and very like almost like shy to talk about like how awesome <laughs> like they are in this places and the skills that they have. And I found that it wasn't just a, then a Johnson College thing. But like you said, it's just, I think, very um, attributable to this area. Just again, that hard work ethic, humble, um, you know, people just want to do a good job and, and make a difference and aren't, you know, it's, there's something to be said about those that necessarily don't want to scream it from the rooftops, <laughs> even though maybe they should. <laughs> and that's what you would never know. Um, you can walk uh, next to somebody, be sitting next to somebody having dinner and not have a, a clue what they, because it's just not our area, yeah. I don't think. Um, our people really are very, very prideful. They, they kind of keep themselves and let their work show. You know, they don't, they don't yeah. need to talk about that. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's, that's, that's a great what, point. It, it's, a, it's a great attribute that we have in our area. Yeah. So where do you think, you know, we, we can do better? I know, again, we can either go back to the community mm-hmm. needs assessment or just from your perspective and the different roles you've had. You know this region so well. Well, I, I think it's to not sell ourselves short. To, to be looking um, and not be afraid to change. And, you know, that's one of the things that I, I think holds us back a little bit is we are afraid to change. Mm-hmm. We'll get there, but it might be five <laughs> years later where, you know, we got to be able to, to take those risks, to, to take those chances because we have enough talented people in this area that can make it happen and the, yeah. the work ethic to do it. But we can't be afraid. Yeah. And you have to go out there and develop it and to put the things out and to sell that. And I'll never forget when I was a, a county commissioner, we talked about that as, hey, let's go out there and sell our area. Let's sell what we got. Let's put this together because we have great things happening. Yes. But if people, but if we don't talk about it, nobody's going to know. Right. And so we, I think we, you know, that same thing that we said is a great thing in our area. We don't like the boost. Uh, you know, I want to talk about, but sometimes we need to. Yeah. And, and I think that's that's one of the things we need to keep focusing on. As I'm sitting here staring out your window, I'm watching all the, the traffic go by. <laughs> and, and, you know, we are at a crossroads and we, we have the interstate and the infrastructure and the yes. airport and everything here to to really continue to grow. And we've done that. And mm-hmm. I could, I think we can, can continue to do that. Yeah. What do you think, you know, t- sort of tied to that, what do you think are some of the best, like, lessons learned through COVID? 
Oof. Um, I would say maybe a little patience, right? Uh, <laughs> not not a strong suit that, that I I have at all. So I, I can Me tell either. you, uh, uh, I I can tell you, it's it's the COVID has tested my patience, and, um, and I, I've never been very very good at that. And but to to realize that you can do some things remotely, mm-hmm. and, and that wasn't something that. You always knew about it. You always thought about it, but never really thought you can do it because of maybe our culture, the way we are. But you can work from anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think that face-to-face interaction is, is important. And I think that ability to be in the office helps because it, it stimulates conversation. It stimulates um, uh, people working together that you might not have uh, thought about until you see that, that person. To have that option now maybe is really it's 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 interesting to see how as a society as a country you know as how we've adapted to that and yes. it, it could be a way that if we can incorporate that maybe we can get that that balance back a little bit that yeah. was here you know 50 years ago mm-hmm. yes yeah, so, so we don't have housing options here for students any longer we used to have dorms right on campus um, and then right before COVID, we had a partnership with the Microtel. And then we just, we, we have relationships with other like landlords um, in, in the area. So we'll, we'll recommend like housing options to students. But one of the things we've talked about with that is, okay, so now really, when you think about it, then with all of our industry partnerships, and maybe not necessarily the need for housing, we really could offer our education anywhere. If students just need an internet connection, uh, you know, a computer and an industry partner to do the lab portion, they can really, you know, get a Johnson College education anywhere. So that's something like we're, you know, looking at from, you know, just just from from that perspective. It's just given us, you know, we were going in that direction anyway, but I think COVID has sort of sped that up for us a, a little bit. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like college has been adapting uh, going forward with, with going to online, right? So mm-hmm. you're getting your master's, you're getting things anymore as being, being online. So but to realize how you can take what Johnson College is doing and still have that experience where you can teach John that hands-on, mm-hmm. but also do some of the other stuff remotely, helps your families that you're trying to um, get here into the classroom. I think that helps them a little bit. They might might have to travel, which mm-hmm. saves saves them time, right. saves them money with, with, with gassing, right? Um, so there is things that there's an advantage to working re- remotely and doing both, I think. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and that hybrid. It, that, yeah. yeah. And how we can do that going forward, I, I think it's just evolving. I think we're just mm-hmm. learning that now. Yeah. And, and it's, it, it, I, I'll be excited to where maybe five years from now we're, we're talking about where we've come from from this day. I know. And how much more flexible, I think, just work environments are becoming, like you said, just that there's options mm-hmm. for, for people. Um, you know, one thing you you were starting to touch upon, I want to circle back to, especially since SLHDA covers more than one county. Um, and again, from, you know, the various hats you've worn in your career, um, what are your thoughts, you know, in terms of regionalism and ways that, you know, different, not just organizations, but communities can work together
together. I think that's something, you know, as I look back over this last year with COVID um, and just just different, the ways different communities and even states have like, you know, handled all different aspects of, of the pandemic. Not, not saying anything was, was better than anything else, but, you know, just from your perspective, I know since I've been here, there's been a lot of different conversations about, um, you know, different communities working together. But what have, you know, what are some, you know, positives you've seen over the last few years? Well, in our area, it's been difficult. And I think it's probably difficult throughout the country um, where, you know, people don't want to give up that local control. Yeah. And I think one of the benefits that you saw with COVID is that people did give up some of that control and to work together for the benefit of their organization or the community. So it shows it can be done. It shows that we can work together to uh, achieve the, that mission. And hopefully the good that comes out of uh, being in a pandemic is that more and more people see that we can move a little bit further. We can do things maybe more efficiently to provide a bigger, a better service and still give the people that, that say. And I, I think that's going to still be a challenge, um, but I think it's uh, something that can be done. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm excited, like you said, to see <laughs> where we're at on the other side of this and the, the lessons learned. Um, so, you know, just as, as we wrap up here, could you just sort of share again how people can get involved uh, with SLHDA, the website and phone sure. number? They can come to our website at www.slhda.org. And on there, you can find multiple opportunities from all of our programs. Uh, all of our directors are there to, to contact anybody about any specific program. If you're interested in volunteering, you can go on and put it into information. That information will come and ultimately get passed out to me where we can reach out into a specific uh, person to see where they're interested in. But we're always also open to any, any ways that we can partner with people. Um, to, to move forward, to fi find a need. And as I said, we're always looking as a community to how we can do better, what needs are there. And, and that's what makes us unique as a community action agency. That's our main mission, is not to do one thing for 100 years. It's to help the community become self-sufficient. And as everybody knows, that changes. So just because we're doing something now doesn't mean two years from now, we shouldn't be doing something else, right? And and that's what, so we're always evolving, always changing to try to try to move forward. And so, as people see needs and they see things, uh, let's have those conversations. That's great. Well, thanks. I know we appreciate our partnership mm -hmm. and look forward to doing more. And I really appreciate you being here with me today in this conversation. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. Thank you for having me, and thank you for everything that you're doing to help make uh, housing affordable in Lackawanna County. Thanks. Find all Tech Talk with Johnson College podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. Johnson College. We work.